We're going, John. We're, All right. We're going to have to dive in and figure this out. Yeah. So where are we, where are we picking up at here? Um, in the Bible. Yes. Uh, Matthew <laughs> chapter uh, uh, 22, I think. That's where I have my page turned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matthew chapter 22. Yeah, so, yeah. Verse oh, by the way, I'm Dave Tenney. Yeah, and I'm John Swain. And we're two beards in a Bible. Exactly. We're switching it up a little bit here. <laughs> so we're just going to read through the whole chapter. Uh, oh, no. Matthew, Matthew 22. Let's start with the first 14, 14 well, we'll verses. Put it up a little bit. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't, my brain can't remember that much. <laughs> Sorry, are, are, do you want to start reading? I'll read it. The parable of the wedding feast okay. here. So it says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again. He's talking to the scribes and Pharisees here. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for a son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed. Man, that sounds good. And all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants and treated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. And he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find and might to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the servants, Bind him, hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. All right, there's some... There's mm -hmm. some deep stuff in there. Yeah. And I keep squirming around a little bit because I'm getting a Charlie horse on my oh, left no. leg. Oh, yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I should have got up and walked around here a little bit right. ago. But, you know, and I may have to stand up. We'll just see. All right. I've always been a stand-up guy. Yes, I know that. For the most part. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll, we're going back here to... Uh, the end here, and you give the person that is without a, without a wedding garment. Yeah. Um, you, you, so and he was bound and cast, cast him into the outer darkness. That's not very nice at all, right? And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and that and that reminds me of you know, we've heard that language before. Yeah. In the scriptures, have we not? Yeah. yeah. It's usually an allusion to to hell, right? You know, and, and, and I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And. Um, you know what is the what's the wedding garment? I, I would think it would be the blood of Christ. Yeah, personally, I think of the idea of you know we often say put on Christ. Yeah, put on Christ in baptism. Yeah, and, and and that's the same thing. You can't get into right. You can't get into uh, heaven without having put on Christ. So you know he gets in and he's talking about these people who were invited to a wedding and didn't come, mm -hmm. and of course you know he's talking about uh, those who God chose mm -hmm. and who disregarded that invitation. Right, and that could be you know I think we could be talking about the Jews here, 
of this time and maybe of old times. Yeah. Can't help but think and every time when you like like uh you know, read the old testament, especially like like uh read I don't know, through Second Kings and how many times do you read then arose a generation who knew not God. Yeah. And then some bad things happened. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I suppose every generation has thought this way. Uh, that, you know, are we raising a generation of people that know not God? Yeah. And and to a great degree, I have to say, I think we are in, in this country. In their country, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. certainly. But I'm raising my kids better than I was raised. Yeah, well, that's that, that, that's the way it should be. I mean, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, I I wasn't introduced to the gospel of Christ until I was a teenager, an old teenager. Oh, okay, you know, almost yeah. an adult. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. Really, to me, I, it was like I was like thirty-one. Uh huh. <laughs> right. So I was an old timer. You, you, you were you were an adult for sure. Yeah, and eight. Well, I wasn't very <laughs> mature, but I was an adult. So, so he talks about you know those people that were called, and uh, you know he he tells those people that were invited. He he sends some servants out, probably alluding to the prophets, mm-hmm. and uh, they killed the prophets, and then he says he he said. Uh, uh, he says he sent out the armies and destroyed that city, mm-hmm. and uh, we know that you know that alludes to the old law being done away with, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's that's what he's talking about there. So then he goes out on the highways and the byways. Yeah. So you know we we start talking about I think at that time you know the idea of uh, uh, the Gentiles, those who are outside, those who are outside. Are now going to have a place at the wedding, but yeah. then he talks about this fella who's got the wrong clothes on. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I just, I think that's the most interesting part of the whole story. Yeah, no. yeah, and it's, uh, you know, what would we already talked about the wedding garment being, you know, Christ yeah. and the blood of Christ that cleanses us and uh, allows us to enter into uh, into rest. With the Lord, but um, you know what? What's involved in that? What's involved in 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 uh, being ready, in putting on that wedding garment, so to speak? You know, as far as it pertains to us. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, God has he he went out and he found these people that were out in the highways and these mm-hmm. people that were outside, and he gave them an invitation. Yeah. And those people, they they came to the wedding. Mm-hmm. They did they did the things that were required to yeah. get to the wedding, and and they were they, they were, were accepted. They were prepared. They were yeah. they they were accepted. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's what I. That's where I where I, where my mind is going is that it speaks to preparation. Yeah, and and so you know if you're if you're going out if you're out in the street and someone invites you into a wedding. You probably are going to go take a shower and clean up and yeah. put on some decent clothes. Yeah, and and and, and there was a wedding garment that was provided for them. Uh huh. You know, and that's how they knew, right, who the right person was. Right, and and so that's the right, and that's again, it just speaks all over to to the the church and and what what Christ is 
been provided to yeah. us to cleanse us. Yeah. And and just like this person coming to the wedding feast, all they had to do was put it on. Yeah, exactly. So there's a bunch of lessons in there for yeah. us. He says that many are called, but few are chosen. And, uh, you know, really all are called. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I can't help but think about the the narrow the narrow road and the and the wide path, the narrow path and the wide path. Right. When you think about that, and um, you know, there are few that walk down that narrow road. Yeah, and it's it's striking, you know, is just how few. Yeah. When you really think about it, when you really think about all of the people that have gone before that have claimed Christ yet not done what he's asked. Yeah. And you look around today and and uh, it's very fair, I think it's a very fair statement to say most of the uh, religious bodies that we see around us are not, they don't have much regard for no. the entirety of the scriptures. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the few that really take that seriously are very few. Yeah. Absolutely. We get into a uh, another. This is, I think, so the Pharisees start testing Jesus, and and the ne- the, the next two things we're going to read about. Um, we're going to read about paying taxes, and we're going to read about uh, the resurrection. The Sadducees ask about that, and then uh, you know the scribes ask about what what's the best com- or the the most uh, or the first commandment. And uh, all of these things are really interesting. This first one, he talks about taxes. And uh, this used to really bug me, because I hate <laughs> paying taxes. Yeah, starting at verse 15 there? Yeah. You go to what? Uh, uh, 22. Okay. While I read that, you want to get up and take a lap around the room? You know, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know what? I, I haven't had... Oh, okay. I haven't had my microphone on the whole time. <laughs> Hopefully it picked up on yours. Well, starting at verse 15 in Matthew 22, uh, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent him to their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true, and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Okay, well hopefully I can be heard a little better now that i got my microphone back on. (laughs) Um, so he talks about the, this paying taxes to Caesars and paying tax to, to Rome was a, was a real sticking point with the uh, Jews at this time. Uh, so it says, and they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians. The Herodians would have been those that were, um, I guess, partial to the Roman government. Um, Herod, the, the Herods, that family. They were uh, governors, or I, I, in effect, I can't remember what their actual title was called, but they were like the governor over that area, and uh, they served as part of the Roman government. And, and the Herodians were not Jews, uh, 
they were, I think, Idumeans. Hmm. They were uh, from a totally different culture. So that's why the Jews kind of rejected them. So, but now they're kind of getting in with them, right? Because they're they've got a common enemy. <laughs> so he says, uh, he says, we know that you are true and teach the way of God and truth. And he says, you don't care about anyone, or do you regard the person of men? And that's totally true. Mm-hmm. He was all about um, uh, the things that were right, and he didn't care about. But he just it says God's no respecter of persons. Yeah. And Jesus wasn't a respecter of persons. Right. So, he asked them if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not. Just reminds me of Eddie Haskell. Really? <laughs> <You know, laughs> well, leave it to Beaver? Yeah. yeah. He, he's, they're going through there and, and kind of trying to fluff things up there as they approach this question. And build him up as if as if he, they could... <laughs> Mrs. Cleaver, you look beautiful today. Right. Yes, he would right. be. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, go ahead. I interrupt you there. Oh, it's fine. So, uh, I love Jesus' answer. He says, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Mm-hmm. Show me the tax money. <laughs> I mean, look at such a most, the most basic thing he could have said. Right. So they, they and, and at this time, uh, the Caesar would have been Tiberius. So I love Roman history, and um, you know the the first emperor of Rome was uh, Octavian or or Caesar Augustus. Okay, and uh, he served for I think about thirty years, and Tiberius was right after him. So you had Julius Caesar, you had um, Augustus, and then you had Tiberius. Okay, and then after Tiberius, just to keep on, then you had Caligula who we know was really horrible. Right. Then there was another guy in between Caligula and Nero. I can't remember who that was right now offhand. I don't have notes, so I'm just trying to do this from memory. But I'm pretty impressed that you have all that in your head. <laughs> well, the one thing that's crazy is like when you study the New Testament, think about all of the insane things that were happening in Rome, in Roman culture at that time. Right. You know, that, that was the backdrop to this. You know, study, study uh, you know, uh, Caligula and study Nero and the, the, how evil those people were, mm-hmm. uh, those rulers. So that was the backdrop to this. So he looks at the money and there's, there's Tiberius Caesar on it. And he says, uh, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And that, oh my right. gosh, that is such a... It's <clears throat> cuts to the heart of the whole matter. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, and even for us today, when we become indignant about having to pay taxes, you know, it, in the grand scheme of eternity, it means nothing. Yeah. So why, why get all worked up? Why, why uh, put yourself in a situation where you're tempted to sin yeah. over something that, doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And it also speaks to uh, this idea of um, uh, of putting of where where's your treasure at? Yeah, you know, they're what they're worried about is paying money to somebody else. Mm-hmm. They're worried about money, right? And Jesus wasn't worried about money. Yeah, yeah, he was worried about the spiritual thing. Yeah, and he and he expects the same thing of, out of his people. Yeah. And certainly the Pharisees were really worried about worldly things, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. 
So this next section is, uh, I'm going to read it and John's going to comment on this next section. <laughs> so this is the Sadducees ask about the resurrection. So he says, that same day the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, that's Sadducee, <laughs> came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died, and he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. And Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Mm-hmm. What a tangled web we weave. Yes. <laughs> when at first we practice to deceive. Yeah, but yeah. So. Um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're just digging to try to catch him in something and and, uh, and try to present this tangled in, in the human mind, in their human minds, this tangled uh, web of things that might uh, try to trip him up, mm -hmm. you know, and, and he puts it right back very simply again. You know, you're mistaken not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. You know, telling us that, that after this life, there's no such thing as what we have here on yeah. earth. You know, we're not given in marriage. And, you know, no. If you've ever been to a wedding, and you've heard in almost every wedding, the person would say, until death to us part. Right. You know, and, and that's it. We marriage is while we're here on this earth. And, yeah. And while... Uh, you know, we may long and look forward and think, well, it's too bad because I, I like my wife. And I yeah. would like to be married to her forever and ever. But, but in the end, you know, we, are, we have a bond. Uh, hopefully, uh, our spouses have that bond in Christ. Yeah. And that's much stronger. And, that, and that's, that's the thing to be concerned with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it... it tells us a little bit uh, i like this because it kind of tells us a little bit about heaven mm -hmm. you know and uh that i kind of like that so, so so we neither marry or nor are given in marriage but we're like angels yeah you know so kind of just tells us kind of just uh, one of those like gives us a little bit of insight into what it's like in heaven right yeah Absolutely, and and you know, there's a little note in my Bible to go to first or first John three at verse two, and it says, <clears throat> "Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself, just as He is pure." So, I mean, we have something so much better, so much deeper, so much purer than anything that we can... And then this and this idea of, you know, passing along the the, the life down the chain of, yeah. of, of brothers, you know, that's 
far beyond what yeah absolutely <laughs> what we have yeah. in the in the New Testament. Yeah, it's almost like oh, their wife was a piece of property. Yeah, that they're passing along. Right, right, you and, know. and that's and that's not uh, that's not what we see. No, not at all. How are we doing on time, John? Uh, Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Oh, I think we we might get to the end of this chapter. <laughs> so now the scribes ask, "What is the first commandment of all?" And I love this passage. And I wisely chose only, I only have to read a few verses. Uh, Verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. And they also hang the New Testament law, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and the reason I like this is like, if you if you look at the uh, Ten Commandments, they're really split this way. The first four commandments are about loving God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind, and the, and the other six are about loving your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Just read them. So, so the, and, and today, when we're trying to, like, if you're confused whether something is sin or not, if you're going to do something that, and you're wondering, is this sinful? Think of it in that light. Is this something that's against God? Or is this something that's against my fellow man? Mm-hmm. And pretty much every sin that you can imagine in your mind is going to fall on one of those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you have to, again, to rightly divide those things, uh, you have to have a knowledge of the Scriptures, a knowledge of God's nature. Yeah. And, and the things that would be against Him. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, people cook up all sorts of things in the name of, of God. Yeah. Read to show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. Right? We're supposed to be studying God's Word to... To, to understand what, what God's mind is like. Yeah. And I think the more you get into it, the more the easier it is to understand those things. And and uh, like I said, you don't you don't need a list. Some, some people, they just want this big list of do this and don't do this. Right. But uh, that's not the way it works. I mean, we're, we get a, over and over again as we've gone through this series uh, on the Gospels, we, we have... Uh, seen a, a picture of Christ's uh, personality, the mind of Christ, the way that he handled situations, just even in the way that he he, deal, he dealt with these things about the tax money and so on. Yeah. You know, he, we, we get a we get a picture of what of what he is like and, and we, we, we get that glimpse into his mind. And and um, and that's that that really is uh, what we need to know in order to do what verse thirty seven there says: "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." I mean, how else are you going to do that unless you know, yeah, who this Christ is? Yeah, absolutely. John, let's uh, we got a little bit of time left, and let's go ahead and read uh, to the end of the chapter, and then we're going to finish up this episode. All right, uh, verse forty on these two commandments hang the law. All the law and the prophets, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, 
What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He is. He said to them, How then does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. Okay, so they've, they've just got through questioning Jesus about all these things. And Jesus says, oh, how about I ask a question? <laughs> right? and, and Jesus was able to answer every one of their questions. Yeah. And, and in some ways, when he answered them, people were astonished. They couldn't believe the clarity that he brought to these questions. Mm -hmm. So now uh, he asks them about himself. And what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And, uh, of course, they rightly said, yeah, he was going to be the son of David because he would descend from from that right. uh, tribe, from the tribe of Judah. So then Jesus says, okay, he brings up, it's, it's Psalm 110, verse 1, is what he quotes from. So he says, okay, well, here's, here's a scriptural problem for you. Mm -hmm. So how is it that David... You know, it says in the spirit. What does that mean? I think what it means is he says he says how how then does David in the spirit in his words? I think it was like when he when he was he prof this was like a prophecy David made. Yeah, you know, I think that's what that's alluding to personally. Mm -hmm. He said, "How then does David in the spirit call him Lord?" So if if the Christ is supposed to be David's son, why wouldn't David call him son? Right. Yeah, and that's that's just some plain logical reasoning, and it's kind of caught him up and caught him up in such a way that they just decided not to question him anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll just not go there. Yeah, and I think that's what happened. So you know, so he quotes Psalm one ten, and. Uh, he says, if David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? Yeah. And uh, and no one was able to answer him. And it says, nor from that day did anyone dare question him anymore. And it seems like previous, all these other questions that he answered, it's like they brought out the smartest people that they had. Yeah. And said, oh, get Professor so-and-so out here, mm -hmm. and we're going to, and he'll really trip him up. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, you know, in my uh, in my time in college, I studied psychology uh, for whatever that was worth. Yeah. But in, in you know, people have different personalities, and one of the personalities that uh, sometimes we see in people is more of a narcissistic personality, where they they're concerned about themselves. Yeah. And one of the things that it's been noted that people with that tendency do is that when they're called out. When they've, when they've just had valid reasoning handed to them, and they can no longer carry on their 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 ploy against a person, they they just kind of walk away, and that's what it reminds me of. And the scribes and the Pharisees, I think they would probably check every box as yeah. far as narcissism goes, because yeah. they were completely concerned about themselves. Yeah, a lot of people in our society today have, have got that same problem. Yeah, and 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 because you know. In, in our current society here, we we live in a place where it's very 
easy to become lazy about spiritual things yeah, because we we have more than we need, you know, and it's uh, it's very easy to get wrapped up in those things. Yeah, we have more than we need, and through the internet, yeah, which you're probably listening to this on right now, right, we have become disconnected from people. Yes, yes, you know, and you know how aggravated I get when my daughter texts me from the other room. <laughs> I'm like, come in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Megan learned once uh, she was at work and she wouldn't need me to pick her up, so she texted me. Well, I didn't get it for like two hours, and it was raining out. There you go. I said, why didn't you call me? Right. <laughs> yeah. who, who, who talks on the phone? I know. Anymore? I tell you what, <laughs> just old people. <laughs> Well, John, I'll wrap it up. So that wraps up uh, chapter 22. Yep, very good. We're under 30 minutes. Well, uh, thanks for joining in. If you've uh, been with us this far, we thank you. And uh, hope you see fit to join us again uh, next week. Uh, John and Dave signing off. We'll see you next time.